Amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back, Doty clan. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them home. I'm sure, sure they're sad. They've left the beach. But you always have images of the beach in your mind. Amen. You probably have some sand in your shoes still. <laughs> or in your suitcases. But thank you, Jesus. God is good. Thank you, thank you, God, that you brought them back safely. Amen. Amen. All right. We are going to take up an announcement. So, Grace, can you come on down? We're going to take up announcements. <laughs> take up an offering. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for each person here. And we praise you and thank you, Lord God, for for uh, all their giving that they give into your kingdom. Lord God, I just pray that, Lord God, that you would bless them abundantly. That, Lord, you would bless the work of their hands and that you would prosper them. And that, Lord God, we pray for your will to be done in this place as it is in heaven. And we pray, Father, for your will to be done in our own lives every day. Help us to die to ourselves, to pick up our cross and follow you. Help us to be obedient to you, Lord God. And we just praise you and we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, the church app is back. Joe's back. The computer's up. Internet's working good. Thank you, Lord. Um, we have, if you are a Spectrum customer, you can get right on our internet now. We have a Wi-Fi thing. They don't even need a password, do they, Joe? Nope. It should be automatically come right up. And then you can click on them. So praise God. Is that a picture of your vacation? Look at that's that's their view they had. Is that sunrise or is that sunset? Sunrise. So you didn't get to see the sunsets? Oh yeah. Well, of course. You're facing the east and the west. So, but beautiful, huh? How'd you like to wake up to that every morning? Beautiful. It was awesome. Julia's a beach goer. She loves the beach. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. So, thank you, God. We're back on track. We're moving forward with God. Amen. Do you guys feel like you're off track? At times, I feel like I'm off track. I need to get back on track. Amen? Amen? All right, the title of this sermon is called The Gathering Together of the Saints. The Gathering Together of the Saints, and I think my wife took some of my message up there because she got the preaching on her, on her piano there. And that happens all the time. It's so funny. We, I can tell that we are one. <laughs> when she starts preaching my sermon, she doesn't even know what I'm going to write. Because I don't even know half the time what I'm writing about until Sunday morning when God says, no, you're going to do this. I said, okay, Lord. The gathering together of the saints. I would like to say that the devil, first of all, I would like to say that the devil has been a very, very busy body, hasn't he? The devil is a busy body. And he is very effective. 
He's been very busy at deceiving, lying, stealing, destroying, and even killing. And if you don't see that, then you're blind. <laughs> Simple, right? Straightforward. You know, you're blind. If you don't see, that's what the devil does. And you need your eyes opened up. Paul tells us our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, right? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There it is. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I got to remember that scripture all the time when I get angry or upset with someone. When I don't think they're doing what I think they should be doing. <clears throat> or they get angry or upset with me. I got to remember that my struggle is not with them. It's against, it's with the devil. Amen? We got to remember that, especially as Christians, especially as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Our struggle is not against one another, is it? Our struggle is against the devil who puts those thoughts into our mind. Amen? Our struggle is with him. It's not with one another. See, the devil has been very busy at getting us to fight one another because he knows that a house divided can't stand. And I'm not saying none of us are fighting with one another because none of us here are. But that's gone on in the church for a long time. It has. Why do you think churches split and divide? Most of the time because somebody gets upset. They leave and they start another church because they think they can do a better job. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Me and Julie did not leave that way. <laughs> right up front, I'll tell you right now. We did not leave that way, and we were very upfront with our pastor when we left. We discussed it. We talked about it. We told him what was on our heart, what we wanted to do. We prayed together. We went out. We talked about it. We prayed some more about it. We made it perfectly clear, and we didn't steal one person from our church. No. Nobody went with us. We weren't expecting anybody to go with us. Joe and Lizzie came along with us. We didn't steal them. They just came with us. Because they are family. But we did not pressure them. or We didn't go to them and say, Hey, listen, we're going to start a church. We would really like you to come. We never did that one bit to any one of us. Or we would really like you to be a part. Or we really want you to do this and do that. No, what we did is we trusted God, we stepped out in faith, and we did what God was calling us to do. And we have to do that as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? We have to do what God calls us to do. Right? We have to be obedient to God's Word. Even though it might look like, wow, it's been a while and I haven't seen much growth. But that, we're still being pressing in. We're still trusting God. We're pressing in because 
You never know what God can do. I can remember one morning, early in the morning, and I was listening to Dr. David Jeremiah, and he's got a pretty big church right now. But when he first started out in his church, do you know that he was the pastor? He was the janitor. He was the repairman. He was the bus driver. He did it all, and he can remember stories of him preaching for years to a handful of people. He can remember crawling underneath his little uh, parsonage. I think he was talking about a trailer. He had to, he lived in a trailer, and he had to crawl underneath the trailer and go underneath there with a torch to thaw the pipes out. And doing all these things. But he didn't start off with a mega church up in the beginning. He just started off with a handful of people. And he was faithful to what God did. And he was faithful to what God told him to do. And he just kept continuing in. He kept pressing in. He kept pressing in. So, <laughs> that's not even my sermon. But it kind of ties in because we have to be faithful to God. Amen. We have to be faithful to what God's word is. We have to press in. We cannot rely on our own sight. We can't rely on what we just see all the time because God doesn't work in our same realms we do. He doesn't work in the natural. He works in the natural realm, but he's doing supernatural things. And he does supernatural things in the natural realm. One day we can be here and this place could be packed. We don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God's going to do. I'm just pressing in to what God's told me to do, and I'm going to keep doing it. And the one thing I know that God said for me to do, and it's in the Word, is that you don't stop gathering together of the brethren. You don't stop gathering together of the brethren. And I'm going to tell you, the devil's been very busy, busy, busy body, on trying to stop the gathering together of the brethren. Because the devil is out there like Paul, like Peter says in 1 Peter verse 5, chapter, or verse, yeah, chapter 5, verse 8. The devil's out there like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Amen? It's been very effective. He's been very effective in his attacks against the church. And the assembling together of the church in the body of Christ. He's attacked us with COVID. He put fear. Remember when COVID first came out? When COVID first came out, everybody thought they were going to die. Now, is that the spirit of God or is that the spirit of fear? The spirit of fear. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind. And of love, of love, of power, and sound mind. God does not give us a spirit of fear. So right away, we should have recognized this, and I should have recognized this. You know, in the military, I was a scout. My job was to go out and find the enemy, not to engage, but to report his strength, report his numbers, report his weapons. What does he have for, for vehicles, armor? How many men are there? Is there fort? Um... Barricaded up. You know, are, are they going to be hard to defeat? My job wasn't to, wasn't to 
to just engage in them, but to sit there and report their numbers and strengths. That was my job. That's what I was trained for in the service. And I should have had my eyes open for this. When all this stuff was coming out, but what happens is we get wrapped up in everything going around us. Right? We get, we get kind of pulled in to all these things. And COVID had everybody fearful. We didn't know what it was. Now they're coming out with the truth that they know it's, that it was more than likely created in a lab. That it more than likely was released in Wuhan. The China China virus. Right? And now they're all saying in agreement. But that China virus kept the church from gathering together for a year, pretty much. Now, now we, it took us a couple weeks to be like, you know what, we're opening up the church again. We obeyed the commands from the government. We, we obeyed our authorities. We weren't against them. But you know what? We took measurements and steps. We got hand sanitizers, face masks. If you liked them, hand sanitizers for them. We've had the church cleaned. We went through it. We made sure if anybody was sick that they stayed home. They did their self-quarantine for two weeks. And we still kind of do that. But I'm going to tell you, we're never going to shut the church down. Because you cannot stop the church. Amen? We're never going to shut the doors. We're not going to let fear rule us. We're not going to have, let fear have even a foothold in us. Amen? Amen? But what the devil has done is he made cause churches to stop. Cause the church from gathering together. And then when they got lifted, when all the mandates got lifted and we can meet, do you know that over 30% of the people that went to church just stopped going? Those are huge numbers. That's a third of the body of Christ. I've said it before. Do you know it's been a decline in the church for a while? It really has been a decline in the church. Even before COVID, we've been seeing a decline in the church in the numbers. We've been seeing people falling away. Not coming. It's been going on. I've heard people say, oh, I'd rather be out fishing. Oh, when I go out fishing, I talk with God. Or when I'm doing, doing that, I feel like I'm closer to God than what I am when I'm in the church. Well, you know, we are all part of the church. Right? You are the church. You are the temple of God. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what. Jesus and God still had something with the temple. <laughs> you can't deny it, right? When Solomon made the temple, what did he do? He dedicated it to God. And what did God do? God came down with his spirit and it filled the temple. He filled the temple. What did he, he has something about places. Jerusalem. He has some about churches, the physical body of the church, the physical building. <clears throat> I 
And that will never change. Why do you think when Jesus, when he went into Jerusalem, that he went in and he turned all the tables over, all the money changers, all the people selling all their offerings? What did he say? He said, my house. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Now why would Jesus call it his house? Why would Jesus call it his house? If he didn't care about buildings. He didn't care about, about the temple. This is God's house. This building is God's house. This building was dedicated to God for holy purposes. This building was built because a man loved God and a woman. A man and a woman. Because they loved God and they wanted to serve God with all their heart. And they wanted to give God glory. And they wanted to see praise and worship here. And they wanted to see people's houses and lives changed. They wanted to see the miraculous power of God move on people's lives. They wanted to see him healed, set free, and delivered. Amen? In this place. And when we, when we came up here to... Trust me. Julie and I, when we, when we first got this place, we didn't know what God wanted us to do with it. We were like, well, we can make it a horse barn. <laughs> and that was a thought. But it would be a shame to turn this beautiful place into a horse barn. We thought, well, we can make it a uh, place for, of, um, what do you call it? Camp for kids. A kid's camp. An adult retreat. And build cabins in the woods. And dinner theaters. I'm telling you, we have all these great ideas that we've pondered and gone through. But you know what? Tom McDonald came up to us and said, he was our senior pastor at the time, and he said, this place is on holy ground. This place is on holy ground. And he, wanted, he thought this place would be a place of celebration, which is in my sermon, actually. Because if I think about it, I think more of it. You know, Tom's vision that he had that God gave him was that this place was going to be a place of celebration. And you know, it's so ironic that when my father-in-law and mother-in-law had it, they used to have celebrations here. And they would invite the whole town of Wego. They would bust people up. Mom would tell me, Mom's told us stories of where they loaded people up in dump trucks and box trucks and you can't do that nowadays. But they would load them up in their liftgate trucks, which is a big old box panel truck that they had at Howard. And they would bring people and kids up from downtown Oigo for celebration, for kids camps. I've seen pictures of mom's front yard loaded with tons of kids running around, jumping in the pool. This, is, this was before the pond. Without a care in the world. It's amazing nobody got hurt. <laughs> but yeah, 
This place is a place of celebration. And you know, Julie and I just want to be obedient to God. And you know what? It is a place of celebration. We come every week to celebrate the Lord, don't we? We come every week faithfully. This is a faithful bunch, and God sees your faithfulness, and God will reward you for your faithfulness. Stay faithful. If anything, stay faithful to God. He is a rewarder of those that are faithful. <laughs> you expect me to read that from here. <laughs> special ops, my wife said, special ops. And in a way, as Christians, and Christians as sisters and brothers in the Lord, we are in special ops. We're in special operations for the kingdom of God. Amen? You're in the special forces. It is a special force. It's a one that cannot be defeated by any foe out there. A thousand may fall at your left. Ten thousand may fall at your right. But it shall not come near you. Amen. Claim it and believe it and walk it. And don't doubt it in your heart, but believe in your heart that all things are possible. But you know, I hear people saying, Oh, I meet God out there on the fishing boat. No, you don't. Trust me, I'm a fisherman. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to me. You're out there fishing, and what you're praying for is to catch the biggest fish. Amen? It's the same thing I tell my wife. I said, I'm going to go up in the woods and we're going to go hunting because I'm a sportsman. I like to hunt. I go up in the woods, and I'm going to be honest with you. I am sincere when I tell my wife I'm going to go up and I'm going to pray into the tree. And I definitely try, but I catch myself every time. What was that? I hear a snap. I hear a branch break. Oh, that was a squirrel, you know? You're, and the squirrel sounds like a deer coming in the woods when it's full of leaves and they're dry in the fall and it's cold and crisp. Anything in the woods is loud. And your mind goes off of that. You might have all the good intentions of going out and praying, but really, honestly, I'm hunting and I'm fishing. I'll be honest with you. It's the truth. I've even tried taking my Bible up there. I got a little pocket Bible. I tried reading. I was like, okay, I'm just going to read the word. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to try to read. I might get through maybe a sentence of it. And I'm like, I heard something again. What was that? And I don't even remember what I just read because my mind is not focusing on it. You know, we need, as special operatives, <laughs> my wife would have it, but we need to focus now seriously on the Word of God. We need to focus seriously on our relationship with the Lord. We need to focus and put time on what God really wants us to do in this time that we're living in because the times are really short. You know, God has a plan for each one of us, and each one of us is different. God has an agenda for each one of us, and He'll work out that plan with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. We know that. It's God's word. We don't doubt that. But God has a plan for you. And they're good plans. And one of his plans for us as a, as a 
as a body here of, a, of this church, one of his plans for us is to keep us gathering together, not to separate us. Because when we get separated, we get thoughts of separation, we get thoughts of running, you know, you really got to take those thoughts captive and say, are they from God? Because some of the greatest things happen to us right at the very last moment when the pressure gets to be the hardest on our lives. You know, that's when coal turns into diamonds, when the pressure gets to be so intense. And it gets hot. You know, it takes heat and pressure to make diamonds. And that's what we go through as Christians every day, heat and pressure. And I believe that heat and pressure is going to intensify, intensify. As we come closer and closer to the day of God's approaching. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, he said, For where there, for where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. Think about that. Now, he's just not talking about gathering together in a church. But when we come together, we're two or three or more. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Amen. He's here. My wife's been going around saying the last two weeks, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. I, I see. I want you to keep saying, I see Jesus in you. <laughs> and I had a big debate. I won't go there with Pastor Paul about that story one time. Or Pastor Tom. Pastor Paul. <laughs> Pastor Tom. But... But we gather here every Sunday to praise the King of Kings, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when we come together, let us not give up a meeting together. Let us keep pressing in because God has got great things for us. Great things for us. We just got to hold on. We just got to trust him. Paul tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching. You know, this is such, as a scout trained in the army, this is such an attack of the enemy against the church. Because the day is so close, isn't it? The day is so close. Any minute now, we can see Jesus come over the hill. The day is so, so close that the enemy has got us all scattered out and about. And what did Jesus say? Even as we see the day approaching, as we see the day approaching, let us encourage each other to keep gathering together, not to be scattered out. Because the devil, he wants, he's like a, you know, wolves, when they hunt in packs, what they do is, is they start chasing the herd around. They get a herd that they find, and this is exactly what the devil does. They get a herd, no matter what size the herd is. And the, the, the dogs will run, the wolves will run, and they'll start seeing which one is the weakest in the herd. And then they'll focus on that weak link in the herd. And then they'll separate them. And once they separate them, then what happens? Two, three, or more come. 
You know, it's like what is what do they say when you clean the house? And the house being our spirits. When you clean their house, if you don't fill that house, two, three, or four more demonic spirits come and attack you, don't they? They go get their buddies, and they come up against you, and they start making you think these terrible things. They're like, oh, man, I'm not getting anything out of that church. Oh, man, I'm not getting fed there. You know, it seems dead. I'm going to go off and find, I'm going to go off, find something else maybe, and Maybe I'll stay home this weekend or that weekend. And it all starts out like that. And then you get separated. And pretty soon, you're not even in the Word of God. You're not praying. You're not going to church. You're not worshiping. It's a slow slide. But that's exactly what the devil has been doing in these end times. Because God has said, no, I want you to stay together. Because there's power in the herd. There's power and protection in the pack. In the herd. Amen? And not only is there power there, but when there's two or three or more gathered, I'm there. And what better shepherd is that? You know, we're all sheep, right? God is our shepherd. And when one sheep goes astray, what does God do? He goes after them. And he leaves the 99 to go get the one because the 99 are protected because of the herd. He goes after the one. Because he knows that one that's out there is vulnerable. It's vulnerable to attacks from wolves, bears, and cougars, and lions, and devils. That one is vulnerable. So I would encourage each one of us as we're in special ops. It's not just it's my responsibility to keep the herd together. But it's also my responsibility to tell you, let's go get some sheep. Let's go build our flock. Let's go get this herd a little bit bigger. I encourage you to go out and tell your friends, say, hey, listen, I'm going to church. God is moving mightily. I'm going every weekend expecting great things. I'm going every weekend getting fed these great things, not just for me, but because it's the word of God. I'm up here. We're, we're worshiping God. We're not worshiping Julie and I. We're worshiping God. But we're up here. We're worshiping. It should never be focused on one individual. The only individual that needs to be focused on, our focus needs to be on Jesus and God all the time. All the time. So when we're coming to church, we're expecting God's going to show up and do great, mighty things. Amen? I want God to do great things every weekend. I want people to be set free, healed, and delivered. I want to hear praise reports. I want to see people inviting other people to church and moving. I want to see the church putting some feet. What's that? Shod your feet with the gospel. <laughs> Got to have your feet to move. Amen. Not giving up. I want to be an encourager. And we need to encourage each other. Keep coming. You know, I encourage you. Don't stop now. The greatest things are yet to come. Don't stop now. The greater things are yet to come. And greater things shall we do than Jesus did. How about those things coming? Don't stop now. Greater things are yet to come. Because any moment Jesus could return. And wouldn't it be great if Jesus returned? And we were here. Family and friends. What better place 
than to be caught up with the Lord than in church when you're sitting. What better way to be seen by Jesus on the day he comes when we're worshiping God? Praising him. All together in one accord. Let our incense arise. Amen? That'll be an amazing day. Listen, even the disciples didn't stop gathering together. What did Jesus tell them after his ascension? He said, go into the city and wait till power comes on high upon you. Go and wait. What do they do? They did exactly what Jesus said. In Acts 2, they went. The day of Pentecost, they were all gathered in one accord, praising and worshiping God. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they were gathered together and they were praying. And the place where they were meeting was shaken. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when we were worshiping God there for a moment, I heard a sound. I don't know what it was. I don't know what that sound was. But it sounded like a, a jet engine to me almost. You know, there was like a rumbly roar. I don't know what it was. But I was like, praise God. You know, I'm thinking, I'm just, I just wrote this this morning about the place being shaken. God, are you going to start shaking the building? You know, and I just took close my eyes like, oh, Lord, don't let me get out of the flesh. Let me focus on the spirit. Praise God. I don't want to be proudful or anything like that. Because I don't want to have any pride. But I'm excited and I was ex expecting great things. And I still do. And I still am. But wouldn't it be great? It's powerful that this place started shaking. And yeah, mom said, ooh, it's like <laughs> spooky. <laughs> no, not spooky, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I don't know what happened here, but you see, the, you see my church office? <laughs> my church office. The lights are working. Don't ask me how they were working because the lights weren't working for the longest time. All of a sudden, I came down to church. I didn't think anything of it. I kicked the switch on. Boom. All of a sudden, the lights worked. And I, I sent Joe a text while he's on vacation. I'm like, Joe, before you left, did you fix the lights to my office? And he said, no, I didn't. I'm like, you didn't fix the lights to my office? He goes, no, I didn't fix them. I go, well, they're working, and he sends me back a text, spooky, spooky, spooky. I'm like, well, they're working. I asked him, I said, do you think I should turn them off because you think it might be an electrical problem up there? He goes, no, if they're working, leave them on. So praise God they're working. I don't have to use the lamp anymore. God fixed them, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe God has given me a sign. He's like, hey, I'm going to turn the lights on this place. I'm going to turn the lights on in you or something, you know? So praise God, I'll take it. I'm expecting great things, and God fixed the lights. Amen? Praise God. 
And God fixed our water problem with the help from Phil and I. The, the, no more water in the church. We had that massive rainstorm the other day. It was bone dry. So God's doing great things. They might be little things, but they're doing great things. Trust me, that's been a battle for a long time. Praise the Lord. But I'm waiting and expecting great things. Don't you come to church expecting great things? When you come and you get up, we need to be like that every day of our lives. We need to get up and say, today my finger's going to be straight. <laughs> my wife hurt her finger and it's got a little crook at the end of it there. I won't tell you how she did it, but she's been, it's not, it hasn't been straight. So I believe that it's going to be straight in Jesus' name, healed in Jesus' name. And the cancer that Ed had is gone in Jesus' name. And they removed it, and there's no sign of it. Healed in Jesus' name. Mom healed from head to toe in Jesus' name. Ephraim's heart healed head to toe in Jesus' name. Phil healed head to toe in Jesus' name. No Crohn's, no medications. Same with you, Ellie. Allergies, gone. All that stuff is healed in Jesus' name. Claim it, believe it, let's walk in it. Let's expect it. Today, when I leave this place, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen? But we have to start coming to church excited and expecting great things. And not just on Sundays, but every day. Let's get up and roll out of bed and say, okay, Lord, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What's your plan? What's your agenda? What's your will? What's your special operations? My wife's holding up her thing again. Special ops, special ops. You are a warrior in God. You are created to do great things. You are, you are a child of God. You are a king of kings. You are a prince and princesses. And in the kingdom of God, you are an heir to the throne. You have an inheritance in heaven waiting for you. <coughs> Great things. Great things God has for you. He wants you to prosper and be in good health. Amen. So don't become a rogue spirit. My wife says I've become a rogue spirit. I rebuke that. <laughs> no rogue spirit. <laughs> That's on the tape. <laughs> no rogue spirit, but in a way I have. Because, you know, the way I had a word years ago by a guy named Larry Brown. Great man of God. He is ministering over in Africa. He's a great ministry. His daughter is a missionary in the uh, Philippines. And we, we know as a church body, just so you know, some of our, your tithe goes out to them to support their ministries. You know, your tithe money goes out to ministries. It goes to St. Jude's. It goes to the Philippines. It goes to Africa. Where else? There's another one. Why are we feeding the kids? Feed the poor. Feed the poor. That's where it's going. Okay? But but as a rogue spirit, I've kind of been up on the hill, and I, you know, and I pray all the time for hedge protection around this place. I don't want to get anything that is of the devil in here. 
And I post the spirit. Uh, I pray for the angels of God to be posted. That this place would be risen standard. I pray this all the time. That God's angels would be posted over this place, over this property, over each one of our homes, over your apartments. I pray that there's an angel posted there watching guard to keep the enemy from them. And that we would stay, not just to keep the enemy from us, but we would stay far from the enemy. Because I'm going to tell you, he's out there and he's trying to pull people in. He's trying to deceive them. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a destroyer and a killer. And it's like, I've heard these politicians say, don't let, don't let these situations, these bad situations go to waste. And that's exactly what the enemy does. He does not waste any bad situation over our lives, over the church, or over you. He wants, he will, he will try to magnify that situation and make it bigger than it is. So you think you have no hope. Well, I'm going to tell you, there is hope in Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus went to the cross and Jesus rose on the third day, he defeated death and the grave forever. Forever. He is a defeated foe, and everything he says to you that is not of God is a lie. And it's of the devil. So don't believe it. Don't let it in your heart. Don't let it get in your mind. Don't let it fester like a wound. Because all it's going to do is make you sick, make you frustrated, make you fearful, and make you... It can kill you. Cause stress. Don't let any thoughts of the devil creep in. Amen? And as a rogue spirit, <clears throat> I got to go, go back to finish rogue spirit. You know, I'm all over the place. But, but being as a rogue spirit, what Larry Brown said to me, <laughs> I hope this isn't too confusing on the tape. Or to you guys. But he said, don't, don't separate yourself. And we kind of have a little bit on the hill. I'll admit it. Because, you know, I'm um, a protective type of person. Because when I was raised as a kid, you know, the one thing I was taught as what a man does is he's got to be a provider and a protector. Right? I got to provide for my family and I got to protect them. You know, and I took those two very seriously in my life. A provider and a protector. Well, <clears throat> and I still take it very seriously because they're godly principles. They are godly principles. But we have to trust God too. We can't just trust ourselves. So I need for myself and I'm just humbling myself here I need to be connected in with some more like-minded people Pastor, now I'm good friends with my brother Daryl and I know Larry but I, don't, I haven't seen Larry in years and Daryl I rarely talk with maybe when we go fishing you know and we're not we talk about the Lord on our trip up but when we're fishing we're fishing and stuff because I know he needs a break because he's running a ministry too but we need to be plugged in. And you know, when we get when we don't come to church, we get unplugged. We unplug ourselves. It's the same concept. We don't want to become rogue spirits. 
I don't want to be a rogue spirit. You know? I don't. I need to be plugged into God, just like you need to be plugged into God all the time. We need that encouragement. We need that accountability, for one. We need to be staying on the straight and narrow path. Amen? Because if we don't, we become that rogue spirit. The devil separates us, destroys us, kills us, whatever he does. You know, so we can't let him get to us. So, gathering together as the brethren. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 through 25. And I want to close with this. I know it's getting late. But it says here, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance, assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed and cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. So when we gather together as a body, let us encourage each other. By doing that, it helps each person to hold on. Holding on to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It kind of helps us keep our minds from swerving or being tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. It's kind of like, yeah, you know what, I kind of got off there this week on this situation or this thought. But, you know, now I'm kind of being brought back in. Now I understand more. Now I'm kind of being pulled back in together. I probably shouldn't have gone there. Thinking that way. But holding on to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur. <laughs> I like that word spur. Because we have horses and I actually have a set of spurs. And I'm going to tell you what. When you spur a horse, it goes. You know. You don't want to just put double spurs to the horse's. You know, you want to be careful. And if you do it, you want to hold on. And you pray that I don't have to get my spurs out for you guys. <laughs> but yes, we need to spur each other on. In other words, we need to encourage each other. We need to push each other. Come on, we can go deeper in Christ. We can go farther. God has so much more for us. Let us not give up now. Let us hold on to the faith we profess. Together we can do this. Let us not, let's spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Toward love. Love is huge. Love binds everything together. Amen? Because without love, what are we? Noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. If we have not love. Let us not give up gathering together as some are in the practice or the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all, this, all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more. We need to be encouraging each other all the more. All the more. You know, all the more. 
And you know, take encouragement as growing. It's growth pain sometimes. When you're when you're encouraging somebody, you know, you are you're spurring them on. You're like, come on, you can do this, you can do this, we can do this together. Or you know, don't give up. God's there, He sees it. Let's keep pressing in, pressing in. Let's push forward to the faith that we profess. Let's live our lives holy, acceptable, pleasing God. Amen? Yeah. Let's not give up. All right. Let's bow our heads in prayer. So, Father, I just pray, Lord God. I was kind of all over the board today, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that you would just sort everything out. You would put things in your perfect order. I'm not going to worry or stress, Lord God, but I'm going to trust you that your word got out faithfully, Lord God. And anything that was not of you or your word, Lord God, I pray that it would fall to the side. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord God, it would, that you would just um, encourage us. Lord, build us up, Lord God, as we draw near to you, Lord God, I pray. I pray that, Lord God, that we would lift our hands to heaven and that we would expect great and mighty things to take place in our lives and in this place. And that you're going to use each one of us in this place for your glory, Lord God, on earth as it is in heaven. And I just pray this and claim this. And I pray your blessings over your people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And, and Lord, I just pray right now that, Lord God, you would encourage us today. That, Lord God, if anybody is feeling like they need prayer to be encouraged, that they are being discouraged, that they feel like they're being discouraged, that they wouldn't leave the day without, without prayer. Lord God, I pray this. And if you feel that way, then come on down. I'll pray for you right now. If you feel like you need encouragement, you know, let's, let's pray that there's a breakthrough. Amen? Don't leave here today without prayer. If you need it. For anything. It could be for healing. Amen?